0: So I hope everyone's stream is working okay. Uh, you know, again, for all I know, the internet will go out in my house and uh, it's just gonna, just gonna stop streaming. I, I don't know. We have so many technical difficulties in our world and I'm trying my best. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, not interesting. It's, it's just this time is so strange. <laughs> we live in such a weird time now. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been watching the news a lot. I've been reading a lot of articles online. I've I've watched pretty much every uh, Corona like uh, the Corona response team, the the whatever the the team that Mike Pence is leading. I, I've like watched all their press conferences, hearing them talk about the coronavirus. I, I've seen all the news and about New York and about the rising number of cases. I, I have a lot of friends who are in the medical. Um, friends and family who are in the medical field and, and just hearing kind of differing views of, of, of this whole situation. And, and man, oh, it's, it's, it, is, it is anxious. And there are times where I have to step away from my devices. I have to step away from my, my computer. Um, <laughs> I have to make sure that, that I'm not ingesting too much, uh, too much media and just play with my kids. Right now in our living room, there's a fort uh, that we've, we've built with chairs and with, um, with blankets. Uh, earlier in the week, I, 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 built, I put up a tent where my kids and I can just play in the tent and just uh, kind of pretend like we're, we're camping, pretend like we're just having a, a fun together in our house. And, and we've, we've been trying to take walks outside, just, just going around the neighborhood, not not you know uh keeping keeping away from our neighbors keeping away from people but just walking around outside and and just uh kind of been thinking to myself just you know how do i deal with this anxiety this worry i, I again i i've mentioned this in, in in sermons before but there is a worry there is a worry that um you know this is going to last a long time that we're going to be in this Social isolation, the social distancing for, for quite some time, and and this is all new to me as a pastor. I've I've never uh, I've never missed church this much. I've never missed church this often. Even if I'm on vacation um, and and not at our church, uh, I still go to a church on Sundays. And so this is very strange to me. Uh, it's, very, it's a very weird time to not be able to see you face-to-face, not be able to interact with you and just uh, talk with you and, and, and see how you're doing. And so what do we do with our anxieties? What do we do when we're a little worried? What do we do when we're stressed out? Um, that's, that's the question that we're going to be answering today. Is what do we do when things aren't going according to plan? And, and I think some of you aren't even worried about this disease, and and I think that's that's fine, that's that's good. You're not worried about uh, coronavirus or, or COVID-19. You're not worried about uh, what's going on, and you're kind of thinking, you know, people are overreacting about this. Uh, but your worries are more about the economy, more about businesses, or maybe your business. Maybe you own a business, and, and because of um, this this pandemic, uh, your business is hurting, and so you're 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 wondering to yourself, what do I do? How do I how do I handle this anxiety, this stress? Not necessarily about my health, um, but about my business. And some of you are worried about not yourself because you're young or or you know you're healthy, but you're worried about maybe some older folks um, in your life that you're worried about them. You're worried about how they are going to handle uh, this n- disease, how how they would handle pneumonia, uh, or or all these things, and that's causing some anxiety in you. Again, I have grandparents, I've grandmothers still on both sides, and I'm concerned. Yes, they're old, older, uh, but I'm still worried uh, about their health. And I'm still worried and concerned about their well-being. And so how do we deal with these anxieties? How do we deal with these stresses? What do we do? As believers, what is our response to our worries and our anxieties? And I'm so glad that today we are in a series called The Miracles of Jesus. Because the reason why... The reason why these miracles are so important is because Jesus is responding directly to people's worries and their anxieties. That when people are stressed out and people are worried about their context, about their situation, about the things going on around them, Jesus performs a miracle, again, not that the byproduct would be, the lesson but he's doing these miracles to prove to them that he has authority over all creation Jesus does these miracles to show the people that he is trustworthy that they are able to have faith in him that they can believe in him that he is the son of God because he is able to do these amazing things Jesus sees people's anxiety, and we need to take a close look on how they respond, on how Jesus responds to their anxiety, as well as how the people respond back to Jesus. And I know this may not make much sense. We're, we're going to get into it. Um, and and the, today's sermon title is called Running Out of Wine. Uh, it's found in John chapter 2, starting from verse 1. And I'm going to read that for us today. So in John chapter 2, starting from verse 1, it begins like this It says, On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, oh man, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, Uh, now become wine, and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. But when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. All right. What is there to learn about this passage when it comes in regards to anxiety, in regards to stress? Okay. I've read this passage so many times in my life. The reason why it's so important is because this is the first miracle that Jesus ever performed. And when, when it's the first miracle that Jesus ever performed, there's a very specific reason why Jesus made this the first miracle that he was going to do. And, and I, I, I don't know about you... But when, whenever you think about the first, I mean, the, the importance of like a first date or, or the first words uh, uh, that a, a kid can say, the first has a lot of significance. And yet this is a very weird and strange first miracle for Jesus. Okay, so the, the, the setting is this. Jesus is invited with his disciples and his mother to to this wedding. Uh, and we don't know who the bride or the bridegroom is. Um, weddings back in antiquity, back in, in the times of Jesus, the way they did it was the whole village, the whole city is invited. Everyone's invited. No one is uninvited. It's, there's, no, there's no worry that you're not going to be invited to these huge weddings. And weddings in this time, the reception could last over a week. Basically, it's, it's not like they're getting drunk and going crazy for an entire week. It's that every single day, they are having this feast where the, the wedding party, the bride and groom are providing me a meal for the whole community for an entire week. And so there are these festivities that are going on that are so important for the, the marital rite. And Jesus is invited with His disciples, and for whatever reason, Jesus decides He decides to do his first miracle his first miracle here at a wedding and the way that it happens is that it again happens in many similar ways to the other miracles of Jesus it begins with someone's someone's anxiety the miracles of Jesus begin with someone's anxiety someone's worry someone's distress And what we see in this passage is that the person who was distressed was Mary, his mother. And Jesus saw the distress, the anxiety, the worry of his mom. And and we have to take a moment just to, to see the beauty that Jesus chose to perform his first miracle for his mother. Um, it, it's sweet in a lot of ways. Uh, he, he is he is doing he is showing his power uh, to his to his biological mother, and and what he's doing here is that she goes up to Jesus and she shares with Jesus her anxiety. That's the first point of today's message. I'm I'm not one. I don't really like giving points for messages or like you know these are my three points. But today I have points and so. The first point is, is that when we have anxiety when we're stressed, when we're worried we share our anxieties with Jesus. And what Mary does is Mary goes to Jesus and 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 she talks to him. And and it's the, it's not like she's talking to him as if Um, he's the son of God. And I I know that sounds weird, but I can imagine that Mary is talking to Jesus as if she's talking to her son. She's talking to a family member. She's talking to someone that she raised, that she's known for a very long time. It's not like she's going to Jesus and saying, you are the son of God, all glory and all praise and all honor go to you. You are are the, the son of most high. You are the prince of peace. You are the Lord of all creation. She's not saying that. She goes up, she goes up um, to Jesus and simply says, they've run out of wine. She presents her worry and her anxiety, her stress to Jesus, saying they've run out of wine. This is a problem, Jesus. They've run out of wine. How we need to learn, we need to learn from Mary is, is that we need to go to Jesus with our worry and our anxieties. How often do, in this time, when we're stuck at home, when there's nothing better to do, we're we're just watching Netflix all day, we're just, uh, you know, kind of figuring out things to do while we're in lockdown or in quarantine, how many times have we got on our knees? How many times have we confronted Jesus, confronted God and said, God, I'm worried. I'm worried about my business. God, I'm worried about my grandparents. God, I'm worried about my parents. God, I'm worried about my children. I'm worried about, I'm worried about my sanity. I'm worried about getting stir crazy and feeling like I have cabin fever. God, I, I have a problem. So point one is is that we bring our anxieties to Jesus. And very interestingly, Jesus responds, <laughs> responds to his mother, responds to his mom. In such a harsh way. And in verse 4, Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Man, what a harsh thing to say to your mom. Uh, Jesus is looking at his mom. And his mom has presented her anxieties to him. And he looks at her and he strips her of her title he strips her of, of her authority. He strips her of, of of respect in a lot of ways. And I'm not trying to say Jesus is disrespectful. That's that you, have to, you have to bear on with me for a moment. Jesus says to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Jesus seems so disinterested in this woman's anxiety, in his mother's anxiety, in Mary, the mother of Jesus' anxiety. How we need to learn from this is so important because so many times when you and I pray, when we pray to God, we feel like God is disinterested in our worries. I don't know how many times that's happened to me. I don't know how many times that's happened to you, but this has happened to me so many times, y'all, where I pray to God and I do I do what I'm, I'm preaching to you. I, I present my anxieties to God. I say, God, these are a list, list of my anxieties. These are my prayer requests. I pray to you every day about these things. And God responds. And God, God responds with what seems as disinterest and disrespect. God responds to my prayer requests by saying, why are you bringing this up? What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And and, and again, he strips his own mother of her title as mother. He doesn't say mother. What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. He says, woman, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And again, I'm not saying Jesus is being disrespectful to his mother. I think he's doing this very purposefully, as Jesus does. He does this so purposefully to draw out a response from his own mother. See, what was Mary going to do? What, 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 what is Mary's response to Jesus' response of saying, what does this have to do with me? What, my hour has not yet come. Mary does what is so beautiful and so wise, so so godly, so holy in so many ways. Mary tells, Mary his mother, his mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. Man, I could stop the sermon right here because that's all you need to hear. See, prayer and obedience go hand in hand. Prayer and obedience go hand in hand. See, Mary did exactly what she was supposed to do, which is step one. Step one, bring your anxieties to Jesus. She was doing that. Jesus, we ran out of wine. God, we ran out of wine. And again, this is a very small need. Mary is not going up to Jesus and saying, Jesus, someone has died. You need to raise them from the dead. Or Jesus, someone is very sick. Someone is very ill. You need to help them and heal them. Or Jesus, we ran out of food and we're going to starve to death. No, it's, it's something very minuscule. It's something that's not that important. It's not a necessity. It's actually simply a comfort. The fact that they ran out of wine isn't this absolute necessity. It's, it's more of a social comfort, a something they need to keep the party going. Mary brings her anxiety to Jesus, and God, Jesus, responds and says, What does this have to do with me, woman? My hour has, my time, my hour has not yet come. Mary's response is one that is of such maturity. She didn't complain back to Jesus and say, Jesus, you can do this. <laughs> God, you can do it. Jesus, you can do it. You can you can um, uh, procure wine. You can go to the store and buy some wine. Jesus, you can do it this way. You can do it that way. She wasn't telling God how he needed to fix the problem. She was just bringing her problem to the Lord and her response wasn't back to Jesus it was to the servants and it was when she told the servants do whatever he tells you to do she was telling others to obey the Lord do whatever he tells you to do what does this what does this really mean for us in this time of anxiety and stress in this time of anxiety and stress Many of us are are struggling because we are we are bringing our anxieties to Christ. We are we are bringing our anxieties to Jesus. And we are saying, Lord, I trust in you. I believe in you. I want, I want you to be made manifest for your power and your glory to come down on this earth. And we pray these prayers and we sing these songs and, and we, we worship and we say, God, I just, just be with all those who are sick and, and allow your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we say all these words, but we miss out on the second part of this miracle. We bring our anxieties to Jesus, but we lack obedience to Jesus. And it's in the obedience that we find the miracle, not the request. Uh, And and this is what I, I, I mean to say. Your prayers are effective. God can hear your prayers, but the little you may know is that in your prayers, God may be responding, it's not my time yet. I don't know about you, but a lot of my prayers end not with God saying yes or no. He's simply saying, wait. And I think that's more of a frustrating response when you're praying. Um, and, and you hear, if, if you're praying for a request and if you're saying, Lord, you know, get me this new job. Uh, get me this new career. You know, I, want, I want to be able to, to get into this school, this college. It's easy when that when that prayer is responded with a yes or a no. Yes, you can you can have this job. Yes, you can have you can get accepted into that into that school. Or yes, that girl is going to say yes and she's going to become your wife. Like, you know all these things it's nice when it's yes. And then it's it's even okay when the answer is no. It's like no, that school rejects you, it's not a part of the plan. No, you shouldn't go into that career or you shouldn't start that business because it's it's not good for you. No, that girl is not for you. That that that's not your spouse. No. It's very clear. But the hardest answer in many times is it's not time yet. It's not time yet. Um whether whatever your prayer request may be at this time, if the answer that God is giving you is it's not time yet, what we are prone to do, what we are what we are so natural in doing is that when God doesn't give us a straight yes or no answer, but he gives us a wait Instead of turning to obedience, we begin to complain. We begin to grow inside of us a distrust of God. God, you could have at least said yes or no, but you're saying, wait? You're saying it's not time yet? That's so unfair. That's so That's so not cool. And, and what happens inside of us, we begin to think, well, I'm going to do my own thing then. If, if you're not going to give me a straight yes or no answer, God, then I'm going to do whatever it is that I want to do. What, I, what I'm saying here is that Mary had the most mature response. She said, do whatever He tells you to do. And it's the servants who they went out and they followed the exact, specific, detailed orders of Jesus. That God was saying, this is what you need to be doing at this time. This is how you need to be acting. This is how you need to be operating. This is what you need to be doing. And they did it to T. as believers this is so important this is what is going to break off a spirit of religiosity from us it's what's going to break us free from the chains of legalism and yet it's going to keep us intact with a heart of obedience a heart of submission unto christ you see, the, 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 the servants were not expecting, they were not expecting Jesus to do a miracle. They were just simply following orders. They were simply being obedient. And the outcome of that was that they experienced a miracle because of their obedience through the power of God. Or let me put that in a different way they experienced a miracle by the power of God through their obedience that the way they experienced the miracle of Jesus was because they did what he said we live in a time where we think being a christian being a believer in Jesus is simply thinking that Jesus is my savior simply thinking Jesus died and raised the, was rose was risen from the grave for my sake for my sin And therefore, I am saved. But really, this belief should naturally lead us to an obedience to Christ. And it's in the obedience that we experience the miracle. See, some of you are feeling very lonely during this time. Uh, Feeling very trapped. Feeling very cooped up. And it's an anxiety. It's, a, it's, a, it's an issue with your, your mind because, I mean, really, we're, we're all dealing with some kind of cabin fever at this time. And I think a lot of us, what we do is we go to God with our anxiety and say, God, just fix this. And, and God may be responding to us as a church, as a community. Just wait. <laughs> it will pass. It will pass. But just wait. And our response as a community has to be, has to be, must be, okay, even during this time of social distancing, of quarantine, I still want to obey Him the best that I can. I want to do what He is telling me. And again, this is where I'm not condoning legalism. I'm not condoning a religious spirit. I'm not telling you as a pastor, you need to do a quiet time every morning, that you need to be reading your Bible every morning, that you need to be praying every night, that you have to do this and you have to do that. No, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is bring your anxieties to Jesus, hear what he has to say about your anxieties and obey him do whatever He says, do whatever He tells you. If Jesus is telling you that during this time, while you have a lot of time on your hands, that you need to call a friend, that you need to call someone, just, just, Pick up the phone and, and, and start dialing numbers to that college friend that you haven't talked in a long time, that there's some bad beef between the two of you. You need to call them and just say hi, that you love them, and you care about them. That if this is the time that you need to FaceTime someone that you haven't seen in a long time, just to tell them that you care, that you've been thinking about them, that you need to reach out to people in your circles. If God is the one telling you to do that, then you need to do that. See, if God is drawing you in to do quiet times every morning, do a quiet time every morning. This is not about me as your pastor telling you what to do during this time and that's going to procure the answer. No, you need to talk to Jesus and Jesus will give you in your heart because the Holy Spirit exists in your heart. The Holy Spirit will convict you of what you need to be doing during this time. See, some of you, the Holy Spirit will give you a conviction to donate to food shelters or or to give masks to hospitals to to provide some kind of service to people. And that is great and that is wonderful. You need to do those things. But don't do it out of a heart of religiosity. Do it out of a heart of obedience to Christ. What would Jesus do during this time? And we aren't bound to what Jesus would do, that we have to do it. Is if God is leading you to do that, if God is, is, is telling you, Hey, my son, my daughter, I've given you all these gifts. I've given you all these talents. This is the time I need you to go out and donate food. This is the time I need you to pick up the phone and make amends with that person that you've been so hateful towards for so long. That this is the time that you need to, to really show your love to your children, to show your love to your spouse. Hey, maybe this is the time that, that God is really giving you to reconnect that, that long lost flame in your marriage. But what I'm saying in this is that the miracle happened through the, by the power of God through the obedience of the servants and something amazing happened the servants obedience led to water being turned into wine that tasted better than the most expensive wine that they had that the guy that the the master of the ceremonies the guy in charge of running the whole show he he brought over the bridegroom and he was he was drinking so much and he was man he's like most people they they <laughs> They keep the good stuff, they keep the good stuff for the beginning, um, and that way they can show off all the good stuff in the beginning. But when, when things are uh, progressing in the scene, that's when they bring out the, the lower quality wine. But man, you've done the opposite. For whatever reason, you brought the good stuff last. The miracles of Jesus kind of work like this. I, I think there's, a, there's a, a misconception about what it means to be a Christian. I think there's a misconception of what it means to be a Christian in that um, I think our society thinks that Christians can't have fun, that Christians can't have a fulfilled life, that we're missing out on something. And I think we we buy into that lie that we're missing out. I think that happens a lot. It happens a lot because it feels like Man, we're not allowed to do so many things because we're bound by the law. I can't do this. I can't do that. I want to have fun. Like the world is having fun. But I think what's beautiful in the miracles of Jesus, in a relationship with Jesus, is that we find, (laughs) we find that the miracle of Jesus is better than what the world has to offer. Obeying Jesus obeying him even when it feels crazy because these servants were filling up these, these jars, these big ceremonial jars with water and they were serving it to this guy and it became wine. And, and they thought they were going crazy probably. I mean, that's all I can imagine that they're thinking. And when the headmaster drinks it and said, this is the best wine that I've had. That's what experiencing a miracle of Jesus is like. Is that even the world will say, Man, you're living your best life. You see, if you're if you're living in anxiety or in stress right now during this time where you're locked up and you're cooped up. I know a lot of our our church members, um, we're very outdoorsy. And so I'm sure a lot of you are probably like, get me out of this house. (laughs) Get me out of this place so I can do the things I want to do. I mean, I know even for myself, like I have a ski pass, like a season ski pass. and, And it seems like it just went down the drain because now we can't even go skiing anymore. It's like, oh no, woe is me. This is so bad. This is so worrisome. They've run out of wine. We've run out of skiing. We've run out of activities to play with. We've we've run out of we've run out of the comforts of life, Jesus. Jesus, I can't go to the grocery store. I can't go to I can't go to PetSmart. I can't go to Walmart. I can't go to these places cuz I might get sick. Oh no, we've run out of wine. Some of you are probably literally saying, "Oh no, I've run out of wine. What am I going to do in lockdown?" You go to Jesus with your requests. And you say, Jesus, I'm, I'm worried, I'm, 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 concerned. You know, my kid's school has been closed for so long now. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to keep them occupied. They're going crazy. They're, they're, they're playing too many video games. They're watching too much TV. What do I do? And I think what's interesting is Jesus's response. Again, maybe wait. Maybe hey, just hold on. Uh, my time has not yet come. But I guarantee you, his response. The outcome the outcome, if you obey, if you are like the servants and do whatever he tells you to do, whether that's quiet times, whether that's devotional, whether that's Bible study, whether that's in- increasing your prayer life, whether that is, is actually going out and donating and, and serving the, the, the ones that need service, whether that's talking to someone. Again, I, I'm just giving you options of what you can do. You need to really pray and talk to God about what you need to be doing. But I guarantee you the byproduct will be good. I guarantee you, the byproduct will be wonderful. It will be beautiful. It will be better than what you expected. Because running out of wine gives Jesus the opportunity to make you new wine, even better wine. I don't know if you 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 caught on to what I'm what I'm trying to say. Is Mary goes up to Jesus, and basically tells her son, Jesus, they've run out of the cheap wine. <laughs> and again, it's not, Jesus, they've run out of very expensive wine and, and we're worried because we ran out of the expensive wine. She's telling Jesus, Jesus, they've run out of the cheap wine. They've run out of the Trader Joe's wine and they don't have any left. We, we're, we're, we're down to the last few box wines and we don't have the good stuff anymore. And Jesus does something in this time is that he brings out the best. Because of their obedience. They didn't complain. They didn't worry. They didn't fret. They just did what Jesus told them to do. And they received the best wine. I think some of your marriages, and, and again, I know you're not, all, you're not all married. But I think some of your marriages, this lockdown, this lockdown can be the best thing for your marriage. Not, not just because you're stuck in the same room together. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> that, that, that may be terrible for your marriage. I mean, being locked in a room with someone you, you don't like anymore. But I think for some of you, if you go to Jesus and you pray together, when was the last time you prayed with your spouse? That you prayed together that Jesus may give your marriage new wine. Some of you, this is a beautiful opportunity for you to get closer to your children. You may have been so busy living your life, doing your business, doing your careers, that you haven't had a time to sit and talk with your kids. Now you're stuck under the same household. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that you obey Jesus and you be a real parent to them. You teach them the way of God. You talk to them like a human being. You get to know them. Jesus may turn your anxiety into a blessing in a way that comes from your obedience, not just snapping your fingers. It's interesting because, um, you know, being stuck in quarantine, I think uh, there, there were a lot of times I thought to myself, man, if I ever went to prison, I would get so jacked. You know, I would do so many push-ups. I would, I would, I would, I would make sure that I diet so well. <laughs> if, if I ever went to prison, I would, I would be the buffest guy ever. Because man, all you could do if you're just stuck in the, if you're just stuck in a room, is just to work out and eat. And so yeah, you would get so strong. And and now we're kind of all in a, you know, not not prison, but we're all we're all shut in. But how many of us are actually being disciplined in working out, in eating well? You see, just because just because you're in lockdown doesn't mean that your marriage is going to get better. Just because you're in lockdown doesn't mean that you're going to get to know your kids. Just because you're in lockdown doesn't mean you're going to get to know God better. There, there is a point where you you have to stop making excuses and just do it. Just do whatever He tells you to do and just do it. Stop making excuses. Stop saying like you're busy with other things. You're not that busy. This may be the best time for you to open up your Bible and read. You're in lockdown. You're in quarantine. Read the Gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Read the book of Romans with us. Read read the book of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Read Exodus. Read these books of the Bible that you've heard so much about. This is the time to obey the Lord and do whatever He is telling you to do. And for all you know, reading the Word, praying, worshiping, may bring about the miracle of of Jesus y'all I just want you to be discipled I want you to be disciples not of me I want you to be disciples of Christ I want you to listen to him what he has to tell you I I know I'm far away from you and it's it's over the internet but I know that even during this time Jesus can turn your water into wine Jesus can make sure that your worries and your fears your anxieties that all of those things will be answered. And not just with cheap wine. But what He will respond through during this time is the best stuff. The best quality stuff and how exciting that is. And so as you uh, approach the next week, I, I, I have one last point for you. Is do whatever He tells you to do. Do whatever He says. Do whatever Jesus whatever the Holy Spirit, whatever God is telling you during this time. So I want you to spend some time with whoever is near you and talk about what is God telling you to do? What is God telling you that you should be doing? And commit yourself to it. And for some of you, it may be easy. For some of you, it may be very hard. But at the end of the day, I guarantee you that obedience will lead you closer to Christ. And we will understand far more that running out of wine is not a worry, but it's an opportunity for Jesus to bring out the best wine. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for loving us and watching over us. I pray that as we um, continue to social distance and uh, continue just to stay away uh, from others, not for our benefit, but uh, so that we won't spread this this disease. uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to uh, still be very obedient to you and to what you have in store for us. Father, give us the heart of Mary, that we would go to you with all of our anxieties, even the small things like running out of wine, that we would go to you with our anxieties and we would say, Lord, we've run out of wine. Lord, we've run out of things to do, of, of board games to play. We've run out of activities and we're worried. Lord, I pray that we would go to you with every anxiety we have, and, and Lord, even if your response to us is as harsh as it was to Mary, of saying, wait, my time has not yet come, that we would have the same response that Mary did. And we would say, do whatever he tells you. That we would obey you in all things. Because Lord, you can do it on your own time. You can do it on your own schedule. But we are excited and looking forward in anticipation to your new wine. How exciting that is. So Father, I pray that during this time, you would ease our anxieties, not by saying yes, not by saying no, not even by saying wait, but you would ease our anxieties by helping us to obey you in times of distress. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. Thank you and have a great week. Please remember you can email me or call me for any of your needs or concerns. Thank you so much.